We welcome a band called Vice Rain to the stage of the Phoenix Theater. Vice Rain is a San Francisco-based electronic band that melds synth-pop, electroclash, and sci-fi into an exciting live show that glides between outer space and in your face. Tonight we'll get to know these space people, and later they'll play some music. Please welcome to the program Remy X, DJ EJ, CJ DeMarks, the group known as Vice Rain. Welcome. Thank you, little Jimmy. Thank you. <sighs> all right, here we go, everybody. A few disclosures before we start, all right? Remy Barrett and I, we've known each other since the tragic events of <laughs> September 11th, 2001. <laughs> we met in high school on that day, that which was day. 18 years ago. First day we talked in person. And this was long before we were music people, long before I stepped foot in the Phoenix Theater, and yet I think we've both influenced each other's paths to end up uh, on the opposite sides of the table that we're here today. And I think that's very fucking cool that you're a part of this today. I agree. Eric, I met you in September of 2004. You were doormates with Remy Barrett at UC Davis. Mm-hmm. I believe we were playing the Donkey Konga game. That was a great yes. game. <laughs> I was lured in. As long as we're doing disclosures, two years ago, you two were married in San Francisco. And CJ, last year, I saw you at Lake Merritt in Oakland. And I thought, do I know this person well enough to go say hi? <laughs> and I didn't then, but I do now. So yeah. welcome to the program, everybody. There's it's a lot to of, be here. A lot of yeah. history yeah. on the stage. <laughs> mm-hmm. This band will be releasing an EP. My God, this band will be releasing an EP, and it is called Blue Rider. And maybe it'll come out this year. We don't know. It's 2019. Yeah, We don't have a release date, but believe us, it's going to come out at some point. It's almost done. It's almost done. We're excited. My God. My God. A lot of thought has gone into this concept and these songs. Um, What is the overall inspiration for the Blue Rider EP? Wow. Um, Yeah, so Blue Rider is a lesser-known art movement that was pre-World War I. It was only around for a couple of short years before the war literally cut it short. A lot of the artists were killed or had to leave Europe because of this. Um, It was very abstract, very conceptual, and all about um, the eternal and expanding the human spirit through the connection to art. Um, It was really interested in the connection with art and uh, sorry, visual art and music, how to visually represent music. Um, that's something that people have been interested in, you know, for as long as these things have existed. Um, and then eternal concepts like, you know, how to be eternal as a person with a finite lifetime kind of thing. And that's really what a lot of art has been about is like expanding yourself and creating something that will last beyond your own lifetime. Um, I just thought it was really beautiful. It really struck me and I was so interested in it. It's, you know, not one of the main art movements that you hear about. And so I read about that and was just like, wow, it's really beautiful concept. I love the phrase. I love what it represents. Um, There was a famous painting called Blue Rider that had an abstract image of a rider on a horse. And I really love the idea of two beings who are fundamentally different working together, even though you can never fully like know that other being that you somehow are like working toward the same goal. Um, a lot of it is about bringing the internal world out, how internal worlds meet external worlds. Um, how do binary forces interact with each other and what is at the center of those binaries? That's really what I get out of it. Um, it's something that I think about a lot. Um, 
you know, there's so many polarities in our lives. Um, there's, you know, life and death, dark and light, uh, I guess male and female. There's so many different things. Good and evil is a big one, too. And, you know, it's very simplistic in some ways to think of things as a binary. And I like the idea of pushing beyond a binary to see it as more of a spectrum and to see really what is in the middle of those two polarities. I mean, this is why I was so excited to have this band on here. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, you know, our, our this episode stands, you know, independent of our history together. But like, you know, you were an English major and you have always been a short story writer. And um, it, it's something that you take very seriously. And what we try to do on the show is, is highlight that. And so it's so wonderful when guests come on and have put thought into these things. So... Um, is there anything else to say about that before we go into it? Just about the the, the Blue Rider thing, because obviously that, that art movement influenced it. Is there anything else before we go into the songs? Yeah, so a lot of this EP, I think it's interesting because there's the aesthetic of the band and then there's the music, and sometimes those things don't necessarily completely line up. It's something we're still exploring and we're still developing the music as well. Um, but when I hear these four songs, they seem very ethereal and very peaceful almost outer space like um like it's a form of escapism but i want to interrogate escapism as like is this useful or not and like what do we get out of escapism and how is that like moving forward in any way and i think escapism can be useful but it's important to not like get dragged down into that um you know when you live in a dystopia as we do now um of course you want to escape. It's, it's really fucking hard like every day. And so, you know, music is kind of an escape for us, but we also want to like use that as a means to move forward as like momentum to move forward. And so the part of escapism that I see as valuable is like developing a vision for something that could be better. And that's, you know, the, the fundamental like hope that drives a lot of activism and a lot of people who do try to be good and do good is that, you know, a better world is possible and you have to have that vision in order to do the work. Um, because once you can't imagine a better world, that's really when it's like over and you should just, you know, you feel like you just should just give up because why should you even try? Well, let's talk about Water Palace. It's a song on that album. That one is really sort of an escapist, like peaceful feeling. It's a lot about the feeling you get um, when you're in the water and how it kind of removes you from your body, but it allows you to feel more embodied somehow it's this interesting contradiction and i think vicerin is a lot about contradictions it's it's one thing but it's also this other thing and how do those things coexist at the same time um it's this feeling that you get like if you're sinking but you also feel like you're rising it's how how can those things happen at the same time and the water is like one of those places where even if you're sinking you can really feel like you're flying um i have always loved the water and that song was immediately inspired by um my first, my literal first memory as a child was the moment when I first went underwater and how that felt. And I, I was really scared. But then when I went under the water, I realized, wow, I can hold my breath and I can swim. It's you, you have this whole new world awakened to you. And that was really, that's the first thing I can remember. And so it's like the awakening of your consciousness by having your consciousness changed. And I just thought that was so interesting. And it, I didn't think about it for a long time, but I knew that I remembered that moment so much. Um, the water has always played a big part of my life and I love it. And I just feel like a different person there. Um, and um, Kurt Vonnegut, who's one of my favorite writers, he has written about this too. He felt like that. He felt he was a tall guy who was kind of gangly, he had long limbs, but he wrote, in the water, I am beautiful. And that's kind of like spoken to me throughout my life. I really feel like 
like a different person. You, Remy Barrett, recently <laughs> read Lathe of Heaven after you wrote the song Sweet Dream, which is also on this album. Um, how did that book uh, affect you and why is it related to that song? Yeah, Eric also read this one too. So we had a lot of fun ta- discussing this one. Um, Ursula Le Guin is a really amazing writer and she was a really great explorer of worlds that she created or imagined or she received. She she talked about it as kind of receiving these visions. Um, and so Lathe of Heaven is about a guy whose dreams are becoming a reality in the world. Like when what he dreams at night actually becomes real. And then this psychologist character discovers this power and begins exploiting him and trying to change the world to his own aims. Um, and so a lot of it is about trying to create a perfect world and the repercussions that can have. And I think it's really interesting because even when you try to do something good, it can have a lot of implications that you didn't foresee. So the character will, you know, dream about how to end war and then something horrible else will happen. There will be like an external force that will come and start a new war. Um, So it's really about kind of like the idea of a utopia, but the impossibility of getting to that utopia. And in the end, it's really like you just have to do the best you can. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like, um, you know, talking about the difficulties of having utopia, there's still that kernel of uh, an idea that you have to be striving for something greater and hoping for something greater. And you have to hold on to your dreams as well. That I think is uh, in the song, sweet dream as well. Um, So it's kind of looking at both sides of the coin where it's like, Oh, don't be uh, so foolish to think that everything is going to be perfect. If you just can change one thing about yourself or the world. Uh, But also like these dreams are important and, you have to put the work in to to bring them to reality, and that's uh, that's worth it. Let's talk about the hellish dystopian age that we live in. Mm-hmm. And uh, you wrote a song called "Break the News" that focuses on this. How does this relate to the hellish dystopian age that we live in? Yeah, this one is kind of a complicated one. Um, it's one that we've performed over the past few years, and a lot of it was like when the dystopia was really becoming impossible to ignore. Um, a lot of it is, you know, the obvious discussion is about the importance of journalism but the dangers of journalism and that's really where we're at now it's like we need information but the information is being abused and the information systems are compromised but we still need the information and it's this push and pull of like how do you even like parse through all this and i you know the good there are really amazing journalists out there doing the work but then there's an equal amount or it seems like even more because they're so sensationalized of these people who just want to spread falsehoods and hatred and just really stir things up in a bad way and so we're really in this precarious position now that i think is really dangerous um you know i really feel for the journalists i'm like man why would anyone like try to be a journalist nowadays it's like so fucking dangerous and like scary and hard and everyone hates you and you get death threats and but it's like these people just they have they feel compelled to it. They feel called to it. Like if I don't do this, who is going to say something like there's really horrible things happening and like someone has got to show the world. So I really admire that. But then I also just feel this like anger at like the people who I see as like undermining the system. Um, I think that we really took a bad turn in like allowing the internet to be run by advertising. I think it's just so dangerous to have everything motivated by trying to get people to click on things. And it, it's just really not the way that that should be run. Um, So that's a big part of it. And then a lot of it is about how you keep doing the work. Like people think of like, oh, I've made it and now I can just 
live easy. And that's really not how it works. Like I, to me, like making it or like having made it is like being allowed to continue doing the work you want to do. And you have to find some work that you feel excited about. So like we in the song, it's like work, work, but the work is never done. Um, it's really about like learning to love the work and feeling like called to something that keeps you moving forward and you feel like you're contributing and it's valuable and you have to keep doing this work. So that's that's some of what the song is about. Um, the lyrics are pretty simple, but I feel like I like to put a lot of thought into simple lyrics. The song uh, touches on people turning themselves into brands. And um, is this a bad thing? Because I feel like I have a pretty strong brand. <laughs> right. I don't like seeing people limiting themselves. I don't like seeing people cutting off parts of themselves. I don't like the the all-encompassing focus on like marketing above like personhood and complexity and being a full like human being um i just think it's so like reductive to be like i'm my instagram profile and it's just that's not necessarily how it is but it just feels like that a lot of the time when you're viewing so much of your world through this like tiny screen that you spend hours on every day and it just that's how you view view other people's lives and i just find it a little bit depressing um and so, like, in the song, we say, like, do anything to get the eyeballs, anything to keep the eyes on. And I see a lot of that in, you know, like, not to cite another ob obvious example, but, like, the Kardashians, for example. It's like, who are they even really? Like, are they, I'm sure they're people, but, like, no one really knows. Like, they just seem, like, so dehumanized. And I find it really sad. I think the, like, recent past is like lost lost its balance um and i think that's a main problem with everything that's why like yes it is good to be a brand but it's not good to only be a brand um and i think like since i would say maybe 2001 9 11 the world has just lost its balance one good thing happened on that day <laughs> <laughs> that is true that is true but it wasn't good Crazy. enough to tip the scales right but here's an interest here's another interesting juxtaposition while you guys are singing about that and talking about that you write great dance music oh thank you <laughs> so people are dancing to this in fact i read uh what was it on like page 103 <laughs> Um, Remy sent a bit of a write-up before this thing. <laughs> you uh, you you love the dance uh, that you love the dance scene. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think was it rave. Did you use new rave? New, new rave, rave. Is the scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, and weirdly, uh, your stuff is right in that. And there are moments where I think you can be lost in the joy of the music itself. But at the same time, while you're lost in the joy of the music itself, what are you singing about? That's so I mean it's it's hmm. fascinating, but that's the way music is. You can find yourself absolutely joyous, and then when you start to look at what you're talking about, but there's joy in hearing those messages, and there's joy in in realizing uh, at least not all is lost. For the moment, we can dance. The world will mm -hmm. be dead tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of like the greatest dance music of all time has really come out of these cities that were, you know in a great time of adversity and that's really like where disco came from is like new york was very scary in the 70s and and it was a lot of like marginalized communities who were like you know what like 
the world wants to beat us down and we say no like there are things worth fighting for there's things we want to celebrate and like joy and connection and music and art are, like those are some of the most important things we have and like no matter how like horrible you feel those things can make you feel good you know like what? and and here's another connection then um the blue rider blau rider um, title track title track well, so uh, World War One was uh, basically it seemed that that, that particular movement uh, was an answer to the chaos that was just beginning in uh, in the early 1900s, uh, all the way up to the 1950s when when uh, Kandinsky went back to Russia. Of course, that was because World War One had started, and and um, that was Vasily Kandinsky and uh, and Franz uh, Franz Mark. I think they both had to go back to uh, Russia. And uh, and it seemed as though the movement had died, but in fact it did not. At the end of World War I, uh, uh, then you get the Dada movement, Salvador Dali and, and some of the other great artists that arose from that. But I always thought it was a continuation of the Blue Rider movement. And uh, so... Uh, it, was, it was a moment that was... It, it, it was an art that was born of the chaos... And it, though it seemed that it had died, it, it really did not, because it came back strong in Europe in the 20s after World War One, And we ended up with some incredible artists that came along after that. And so I guess uh, that's part of the same movement that you guys are, are you're, you're, you're dancing, you're telling us this is happening, this chaos is here, but we're going to keep moving, we're going to keep dancing, and we're going to actually make something come from these ashes. Because that's really what Blue Rider was. It was no, that's what Dada was, creating... Uh, Beauty from the ashes, creating ridiculous beauty from the ashes, because that's what Dada was. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like um, what we're doing as a band also is we're being part of a community of Bay Area musicians, and that's like one of the most like positive aspects of this band is like bringing, seeing the people we see at shows, and like performing with other bands, and like going on tour with them, and getting to know them better, and like you know strengthening their resolve to keep making music and likewise they do the same to us and i feel like that's um enriching all our lives in that community um yeah sometimes i feel like i've seen a lot of like you know people talking about like how bad the bay area music scene is right now or how it's like really like it's so you know bad how it used to be compared to how it used to be like people are being forced out and all this stuff and it's like well there is like still a really strong community here and i think the people who are still here feel like even a stronger connection like we really are in this together we all help each other there's no competition it's we all are like each other's biggest fans like some of our best friends are like people we've met through the music scene and we really all encourage each other we all like love each other's music and it's it's really neat to have like that immediate circle remy you're a gemini i sure am what does that mean yeah, I feel like I've harped on about this a lot, but I, to me, it's about duality and learning how to reconcile those two, at times contradictory sides. Um, it's and I always see you know two or more things. I don't like simple answers. Eric often oh, yeah. Eric is very funny in this way because he likes to have things be a little bit more simple. Like he'll often say, "I'll go off on some you know long lengthy idea of like wow, so much nuance, so many things," and he's like, "But is, is it, it good, good or, or is, is it bad?" bad? And I'm just like, okay, were you not listening to everything I just said? Like, Eric, what's your sign? <laughs> Capricorn, Capricorn, baby. Capricorn, baby. Yeah. It's hilarious. He's like the utmost Capricorn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but anyways, um, and to me, it, it's like 
potent for me as an artist because I have the part of me that is not a performer and the part of me that is a performer. So my identity as my normal self and my identity as a performer, I see those as different selves, but they can somehow be part of a whole. And that is... Um, I don't know if any listeners are fans of Gem and the Holograms, but that's kind of like what that show is all about is about like how the Jerrica, the non-performer is like the shy one and she can't really put herself out there. But then when she turns into Gem, she becomes this larger than life rock star. And fun fact, um, Jerrica slash Gem have the same birthday as me. <laughs> that is a fun fact. <laughs> Thank you, Ray. <laughs> June 1st. The Vice Rain super fans. <laughs> mm-hmm. Write that down. Yeah. Put, it, put it in the Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's talk about Blue Rider because Blue Rider is the title track. Now, maybe we've already uh, addressed everything that there is to say about that song by talking about the greater album, or maybe we haven't. That is your prompt. Is there more <laughs> to say about this song, the title track of Blue Rider, that we haven't already said about the album and the other songs? Yeah, I feel like there's just so much that went into it um, that sometimes it's even hard for me to like conjure up all of what I was feeling. I wrote, I started writing it like, you know, a couple of years ago and then it really evolved and then now we're finally getting ready to release it. And so it's kind of meant different things to me at different times. And a lot of what I was thinking about, like when I wrote it, um, in addition to the Blue Rider art movement that we talked about, was about... Um, like how to reach across the void to like people who are gone and how like the you know the space between life and death and how we still kind of communicate with people who are gone how they still kind of live within us um how we carry them with us and maybe how we can communicate to them you know whether real or not by putting this art out there putting out our own spirits and maybe kind of in that way like hoping to reach them whether or not it reaches them it's sort of irrelevant it's it's how it makes you feel and how you kind of reach out to that person who has gone. Um, that's something that I've thought about with it a little bit. Um, yeah, it's kind of like this, um, like ultimate piece, like riding into the sea or riding into the sky. These are spaces that are similar and also different. They're opposite, but in some ways equal. Um, I just really find it like powerful to think about that kind of stuff. Are you thinking about your grandmother? (laughs) Um, Yes and no. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, that was like an immediate inspiration um, when I was when I was working on the song and it entered into it a lot more than maybe I intended. Um, That's often how like my lyrics kind of like come about is I start with one idea and then I'm like, oh, it kind of relates to this idea. And then it kind of relates to this idea and then something else will happen. And I'm like, wow, that really still kind of resonates there. So that's something that um, did enter into it a lot. But then, you know, over time, as others have died or have lost other people. That's, it's something that I think about broadly too. Do you mind if I ask what made you shed a tear right there? Um, I, I get like very emotional about like powerful things. I don't like, it's not necessarily like sad. I just get very like moved. Um, and I find that's like when I cry the most is like when I'm really moved. Yeah. So not, not specifically with your gamma or anybody that you've lost. It's just this, this idea, this concept of, you know, I don't know, their spirit being present. I mean, that that obviously moves you a lot to think about that. Because there, there's a story about this song, about um, about how when your grandmother died, you, 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 felt, you felt something that you'd never felt before, and that played into the writing of this song. It, could you share that? Um, I'm not if, sure if, I can. If you can't, it's <laughs> Once okay. Once I get going, it's hard to stop, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean it, it, maybe you could. Yeah, I mean, hearing how... Um, the passing of Remy's grandma was part of the uh, inspiration for this song. Um, 
shortly after, well, I don't know, in August of 2016, um, my dad. Sorry. 2017, correct. We were in 2019, two years ago. Anyways, um, yeah, uh, my own dad died in an accident. Um, and that concept uh, in the song of uh, traveling between spaces, between, you know, life and death, um, is something I thought about with him and, you know, I was extremely moved when we recorded the vocals, uh, uh, I don't know, late last summer or something like that. Um, and Remy sang it and I was incredibly touched thinking of my own father, uh, with this song. Um, so I think that's, you know, it's a song for anyone who experiences loss like that and can think of, um, passing from life to death and that being an important moment but uh a necessary moment and it's just like they're on the other side and they they're still there for you yeah Yeah. or like um the lyric that says ride into the sky or ride into the sea it's kind of like the spirit like flying away and like it's like a a beautiful journey not as you know it can be painful and traumatic for those of us still on earth but i want to think that like that person when they have died is their spirit is free their spirit is flying to somewhere beyond um and the song also says it's your time and you know the time is going to come for all of us and i want to think it could be a beautiful thing too i feel like they can be the ones that inform your sense of what is right and what is wrong and how to live your life they become these people that walk with you and you think you get to a juncture and you're like what should i do what would this person who i look to and i and i love and is no longer here what would they want me to do some people feel you know that their uh, grandmother their father their brother is with them at all times and and it it their passing can come sometimes have like a, a remarkable impact on the future of the individuals that are still here because you start to look at things through the prism of like, well, I don't want to let that person down, that person who I love so much. And I feel like, um, you know, for you with your grandmother and for me with the people that I've lost, and probably for you with your father, I've never spoken to you about it, that probably resonates. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you do think about, uh, am I living up to this person's values? Um, what would they, how would they judge me in this moment? Um, and I think it's, you know, hopefully you have a relationship like I had with my own father where it was a very loving relationship and I do feel it's not like a, a hang up, but it's, uh, an encouragement. You know, I know he loved me and I know he would encourage me. Um, so hope it's like that. Yeah. Well, and your gamma. I mean, she she, she the wore the oh she wore the bright God. colors. Oh, she, she would travel all the time. Oh, this is yeah. a woman. She, could she see didn't, this. Ha- she didn't yeah, have an original yeah. bone left in her body. They replaced <laughs> she, her hip. She was like they a replaced Terminator. her knee. You know. <laughs> yeah, terrible she, driver. She wonderful wore, artist. She wonderful fucking wore capes everywhere. She, you know, <laughs> pretty much. She was. She never got to come to one of our shows. Oh no. Uh, no, she never got to come to one of our shows, but I would play her videos and she was so proud, so excited. And she would always be like, who is that singing? And I was like, it's me, Gamma. And she'd be like, oh my God, you're amazing. And then like 30 more seconds of the song would play. And she'd be like, who's that singing now? And I was like, still me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, there's, there's no real right way to, to sum up this whole topic except for, you know, this song is an embodiment of those people and how they've touched you and your lives are an embodiment of those people and how they've touched you. 
And I'm glad that we gave him a little space here today because I think that, you know, without your father, without your grandma, without my brother, uh, none of us really would be the people that we're sitting here uh, being tonight. So, yeah. um, you know, thank you for sharing that stuff. Yeah. And today is actually Eric's dad's birthday. So yeah. I'm sort Happy of like, man, Frank. shout out Frank. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Great man. Fuck yeah. 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 Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, Frank. <laughs> Love you, buddy. Yeah. No problem. Sketch phrase. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tom Gaffey, do you have any closing thoughts for us here tonight? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no. Holding <laughs> 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 out. Um, you know, I like this band. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Oh, you. Yeah. Holding out. It's, uh, you guys, really, uh, the thing I can say, I knew when I read, uh, God, I had to start this thing last week. Remy <laughs> sent a manifesto? She sent a manifesto. Never, never send an English major a prompt and say, the more the better, Jim. <laughs> See, here's the thing. Here's the difference the yin and the yang of the Jim and the Tom. I love it. Yeah. Mm. I wish it had been 20 pages. <laughs> oh, we'll get there. Yeah. No, no. I Like yeah. I say, we were fully informed. <laughs> <laughs> and then we ended up with shout out to loved ones at the end. And yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah how, love how, it. How cool could that be? Mm-hmm. And that's... I think encapsulates the journey of a uh, Vice Rain show, a uh, Vice mm-hmm. Rain CD. Um, <laughs> it's all right there. And I think it would be a good idea if you guys would JPEG that uh, at least the first 150 pages. PDF. PDF. <laughs> uh, PDF. Really? PDF. PDF. Oh, my yeah. God. Okay. We're going to PDF. Well, you know, I'm, I'm keep just, going. Is, why, should, just, why the first 150 pages? Why? Well, because I think that pretty much encapsulates it. I noticed... It got a little redundant, long about 350 or so. I mean, I <laughs> now, Didn't we already go over this? That's when I referred, <laughs> yeah. correct. That's Absolutely. when I started referring to the appendix to find out exactly when. <laughs> anyway, I think, but instead of reading the material, uh, pick up the CD and give it a listen. Yeah, and, and that I'm will cover everything we've just discussed. Getting a jump start on my memoir coming in yep. 2040. Vice Rain, my God, thank you my so God. much for being a part of the show tonight. The Blue Rider EP will come out sometime and when it does, Tom and I think that you all should buy it and listen oh, to yeah, it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, tonight we've learned an incredible amount about what's been put into these songs and in just a moment we'll get Ooh. to watch this band perform them. What? Turn out the lights and, and dance to it while, while it's on. God bless yeah. you. Ah, that's actually yes, a good interruption. That's great. Once again, Vice Rain, thanks for joining us here tonight. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you.
Oh, oh, oh.